Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. You're listening to Kicked Back presented by Uber One. Uber One is a membership that lets you save across Uber Eats, Uber Rides, and everything in between. Enjoy unlimited $0 delivery fees, 5% off of Eats, 5% off of Rides, and if you join Uber One today, you can get your first month free. Visit uber.com slash uberone for details. Episode 24 of Kicked Back presented by Uber One. What's going on, everyone? I'm sorry if my voice sounds a little hoarse this morning. I was traveling to Toronto. I think I caught a cold. It's not COVID, so it's all good. Thank goodness. Yeah, I know. I was about to say six feet, but we're all good. I promise it's not COVID. And here we are, because there's so much to talk about. Liam, how are you? I am good. Yeah, when we, uh, we really... We obviously didn't plan to not do a show last week, but like, man, of course, the one week we don't do a show, like, it's the like biggest weekend of football in a while. Multiple managers get sacked. <laughs> one guy just decides to leave the field. Like, there's just a lot happening right now. Canada, two, Canada got two games coming I up know. too. We were only expecting one, I know. so that was good to see there. Who was it? Bahrain and then Japan. Was it Japan? Yeah, Japan, it was Japan. Well, Japan, I think, was already in yeah. the schedule. And then this new one got added, which is good because it gives us one more match to look forward to. Yeah. it's. Uh, do you know what I thought about immediately was when we spoke to Alistair Johnston and he mentioned that when they picked Qatar and Uruguay, they weren't just like randomly picked out of a hat. They were picked strategically on yeah. like the way other teams play. So it makes me believe that these two teams were 100. once again picked in that way. And, you know, I thought about it as, ah, oh, they could probably get a better team than Bahrain. But also... You don't want to go in with it yeah. like a couple of losses. Or you got to get a bit of confidence in you. Japan's a respectable team. So that'll be and good. I'm glad to see him again. Yeah. Quickly on the note of Canada soccer. When I was in Toronto, I interviewed Max Bell, who's the writer and the producer of the new We Can Canada soccer documentary. And the first two episodes are out already. I've seen the first one. And it's just so cool, Liam, because it, you should 100% watch it. We should almost like do like a review on the entire mm -hmm. docuseries where we've watched it all. But you kind of get this inside look of the team and uh, the only people narrating the documentary aside of like aside from just someone keeping the flow of the docu-series going is just John Herdman and the players oh, so nice. it's kind of really cool to hear them talk you little learn a little bit about Alfonso Davies in that first episode John Herdman talking inside the meeting room uh, and it's cool because when we spoke to Alistair Johnson he said John Herdman's working so hard to give them yeah. all of these like playbooks and there's so many plays and acronyms and just extensive work that they've done on all of the teams so to kind of see that little inside look of 
how John Herdman speaks to the players in a meeting, it's cool. Like I have chills watching it. Cause I'm like, man, oh, you've, like you've seen yeah, the, the first, yeah, two? the first, well, the first one, the I have to watch one? the second okay. one still. It's did, good. Did you find, I know you mentioned the Herman stuff, but a lot of the stuff we spoke about with Johnson, did it feel like it connected a, a lot? To yeah. You? And I think that we're going to find out more as episodes come on, like this first one, um, it was more so John talking to the group being like, this is the biggest tournament mm-hmm. ever. And we're yeah. like, we're going. And just the way John like asserts himself and um, gets, like, I felt when I was watching it, I'm like, oh my God, like I want to go to the World Cup with this team. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you kind I of- I wish I was good. Right, <laughs> me too. But it's just like, if you feel that, imagine being them in that situation, hearing that, you know? So yeah. it's a really good docu-series. Um, and Max Bell had nothing but amazing things to say about John Herdman. So I'm really glad that Canada has almost another opportunity to warm up right before the World Cup. And yeah, everyone, go check it out. I want to see what you think too. Uh, why, why do we watch? Why can we watch? Yeah, that? it's a great question. It's on Canada soccer YouTube. Oh, so it's free. free. It's free. Just head on over to the Canada soccer YouTube page. And I think the episode, the first episode is 25 minutes. So oh, like super, perfect. yeah, it's like yeah. the perfect time to That's just really be able good. to like squeeze that into your schedule. Right before dinner. Yeah. Something's yeah, on exactly. the stove though. I wonder what I can watch. <laughs> exactly. Did you see actually, before, I know we got a lot to get to, but somebody asked us about if we had watched Welcome to Wrexham as well yesterday. I haven't seen that. Have you? I haven't seen that yet either, but to that person i'm gonna watch it yeah we have to get back to them. very curious so wrexham is a welsh team that plays in the english football pyramid they're not in the football league anymore but obviously ryan reynolds and i can never remember the other guy's name but he's the guy from sunny with not sunny with a chance that's a kid's show sunny, <laughs> always sunny in philadelphia oh that's the one what's his name i, I can't know. remember i'll look it up okay. but either way I'm going to watch that one too. So to that person, I can't remember your name right now and I'm sorry, but we will watch it. He also uh, offered me a cheeseburger next time I go to Bonneville. So. <laughs> yeah, you got, you're on a big burger stand, I, aren't you? Yeah, if anyone wants to follow me on Twitter, I, I do some hockey scouting stuff and every time I go to a rink, I get a burger and I review it with no context. I just literally put it in a ranking. I so, actually love that. Best yeah. burger so far? Uh, the Grand Fury Arena in Spruce Grove. Really? A million miles. Yeah, wow. it's going to be tough to beat. I uh, know. Do you get a beat. burger or a cheeseburger? Cheeseburger. Always. Yeah. And you know what plays into it? If you're listening, you own a little concession quickly. The value, the value of the burger and the service. So I, I quickly, I went to St. Albert the other day and the burger was good. It wasn't amazing. But when I went back later on to get a Gatorade at the end of the game, so I got it in the, between the first and the second, the lady asked me how my burger was. Oh. And I was like, it was very good. Thank you. It so, makes a difference. Yeah, it does. Hey. Anyone out there in customer service. And now because you're talking about cheeseburgers, I don't know. Like I'm someone who could eat a piece of pizza or a cheeseburger at any time of the day. Like I remember once when I was in the U.S. traveling for work, um, there was Shake Shack at the airport. I believe it was in the New York airport. And it was, I'm not even kidding, 7.30 in the morning and I got Shake Shack, which is like slightly a problem. Um, but I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm very proud of that. So we, I feel like we just need to right off the bat uh, mention our Uber One partnership. And to mention that Uber One is the next generation of Uber Eats, the Uber Eats Pass. So now instead of just saving on food delivery with your Eats Pass, you have an Uber One membership that provides discounts on both Uber and Uber Eats and groceries. So Uber One is a membership to save on deliveries, groceries, rides, and more. Zero dollars delivery fee five dollars off rides five dollars off eats sign up today join liam and i in our uber one journey and Mm -hmm. now i just feel like honestly right now straight up right before we get into all the cristiano ronaldo drama ordering me a nice cheeseburger 
Yeah. Then you could review it. With then I could context. review it. With you. I, I feel like it's hard to give a cheeseburger. No, that's I've had a bad cheeseburger, but I feel like it's uh, hard for pizza to be bad. There is one. I won't call them out on the show, but if you check out my Twitter, number five on my list will be the worst one. Okay. I, I smell. Oh no. And not good. No, not good. Oh, uh, no. Rob, Rob McElhaney is the other Rex Simona. So that's, that's off our plate now too. (laughs) Okay, guys, Uh, man, there's just such a shit show with Ronaldo (laughs) United. I, I, it's every single day at the, at this point now. I was at the airport when I got the most recent drama of obviously him walking off the pitch. I'm like, this never ends, um, which is great for football fans because it gives us something to talk about. Obviously not great for the parties involved, but right now United under Ten Hag have beaten the Spurs, Liverpool, and Arsenal this season, so that's pretty big. Yeah. Uh, obviously drama coming out of the Tottenham game. United won 2 nothing, and... Played maybe one of the best games, if not the best game they've played this season. And Ronaldo walked off the pitch before the game ended at Old Trafford. Liam, before I need to take a deep breath and get into how I feel, (laughs) what do you think about all this? I think it really takes away, like you said, from what Manchester United actually did. Mm. They They were good. They were really, really good. And they beat a good Tottenham team who Conte said after the after in his post game said doesn't get up for these big games and which is true you look at it they had a late winner against Chelsea they lost to Arsenal they've lost to United mm-hmm. on the United front like you said again they've they're winning these massive games and I think it's a bit selfish of Ronaldo to do what he did like there's no need for it to be honest mm-hmm. like that to me Emotions clearly took over, but I also think he knew exactly what he was doing. Like I knew exactly what is he, it felt like he knew exactly what he was attempting to do. And he's a legend of the game and it's just not a good look for him and young people watching, even young people on United as well. And it, it makes it, it puts a separation between him and the manager and also the team. Like mm-hmm. guys are trying to play for Ten Hag now and it's working. Like the United are doing significantly bad minus the City result a few weeks ago too. But I just don't like it. It feels like he's putting too much separation between the good stuff that's happening at United and Ronaldo who, who can be part of it. Before I get into my bit, my question, just hearing you speak, do you think Ronaldo at this point in time with how much he's accomplished in his career has almost that like right to be selfish and worry about where he stands right now in his career being benched, warming up and being told to sit back down, not getting those minutes, Mm -hmm. being taken out of a game that maybe he should have stayed in. Don't like, in in your opinion, do you think that he has that right to be like a little bit annoyed? Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's fair. Like I think anyone would be in that situation, especially someone of, his magnitude and how much he's accomplished. But I just don't think it's fair to your teammates to do that. Because again, you've taken away from the team success. You mm-hmm. put it on yourself. Yeah. And like he made that Instagram post too. And we kind of spoke about it a little bit. It's like, ah, how real is that? And you just wonder like if he's in it anymore. And if he's yeah. like, he's dropped for the Chelsea game this weekend. And is he done? Like, I yeah. think he's done with United. Like if I was Ten Hag and I saw that, I think you've almost got a, you got to put a stop to it really haven't you like i don't know is he i think he's gone in january one way or another i I think he's gone yeah Yeah. like and i don't know where he's gonna go like we mentioned a couple of weeks ago like napoli probably won't have the interest anymore like chelsea now has a new manager in era of success he was linked there like 
they'll be somewhere for sure. But right now, like I really do believe like his Manchester United days are, are numbered if they weren't already numbered before. Yeah. Okay, here's my my take. And I honestly, I took a couple of days to, before I even, when this all broke, I, I posted a video kind of telling everyone what's going on, but I removed my opinion about it because I'm like, I want to take a couple of days to let the whole story unfold and to really understand how I feel. Mm-hmm. I do not agree with him walking off of the pitch. Bottom line, that is unacceptable. It can't happen. However, I don't think management is any better. Ronaldo wanted to leave in the summer. He was denied by the club. Ten Hag said that Ronaldo was in his plans to what? Become the number one bench player in the world. Ten Hag even went as far to say he didn't put Ronaldo into a game because he respects him so much. What the hell does that even mean? Mm -hmm. So right now at this point for Ronaldo, with everything that's happened, put yourself in his shoes. Imagine being him because for us football fans, seeing some of this is wild. So I'm like, how could he possibly feel? And he's fighting for his career right before his last ever World Cup and ultimately his legacy because that's what this has all come down to. And he's being villainized by the football community. And although I don't agree with every single thing Ronaldo has done, I definitely don't agree with this narrative because this situation has no mutual respect from Ronaldo and Ten Hag and management. There's no mutual respect. And that's why it's gone completely off the rails to point your finger just solely at Ronaldo in this situation, I think is tough. And I don't think it's extremely necessary because he wanted out and now he's kind of in like a United prison. Mm. And that's where I don't really, I don't agree with Ronaldo, but I understand why he did it type thing. Because he's earned that right to feel pissed off. And if a coach is telling him numerous times, warm up and then sit back on the bench, like this isn't like a, like a D2 player. Mm. This isn't like a tier two player. This guy's one of the greatest footballers to ever play the game. So his frustration, like I can't imagine it's probably up there. I do agree with you, Liam. He's an emotional guy. He can't let his emotions get the best of him. He needs to be better. He needs to be a bigger and better example. You know, um, he, with someone who has as much experience and impact like he does, it's not the best move. But at the end of the day, like, I think that's this weird alpha game between him and Ten Hag. Yeah, I think it's a good way to you know? put it. Like one of them, Ten Hag obviously has to be the alpha has in this be. whole thing. Like he is the manager yeah. of this massive club. And in a way, maybe, maybe he does need to knock Ronaldo down a couple of pegs to like get that relationship building again, but I think he's broken. I think the relationship is yeah. done. Like there's just, he's not playing him. Ronaldo doesn't seem to fit the style that Ten Hag wants to play. It just, just, it feels like the best thing for both parties is just to move yeah. on. And I think for, for Manchester United's sake, in the sense of in a couple of years, hopefully people just forget about this. and remember the good times of Ronaldo, but right now, like, like, like you said, legacy, like this is, making it not great for him at United. Like this is like last year was a, a, a good homecoming. What do you have? 18 goals or whatever it was. Ballon d'Or nominee. And now I just look at here. It's eight games played, two starts, 345 penalty minutes, uh, sorry, playing minutes and one goal yeah. in the Premier League this season. And it was a penalty kick. So he hasn't scored from open play, but it's not like United players are really thriving at scoring goals. Like Rashford is three. <laughs> Martial is, Martial is two in three games. That's pretty solid, obviously. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting tale because we all thought Ronaldo was going to have a big part of this team. Like mm-hmm. you said, like over the summer, there was all this talk about like Ronaldo wanted to leave. 
there was a talk obviously about no one could afford him. And then Ten Hag's like, no, he's part of my plans. And now he's not part of the plans. He's playing a lot in Europa League. But it reminds me a lot of like the Gareth Bale thing where he was just like trapped at Real Madrid forever because nobody could pay his wages. Like the only good thing about this whole situation is I believe Ronaldo's contract is done at the end of this season. So he's a free man to walk at the end of the year. I don't think he'll wait that long, though. Well, like, honestly, think... Okay, so right now, United... Um, Ronaldo won't be with United in their game against Chelsea on the weekend. Yeah. And right now, he's training. Like they said this morning, he's reporting to the U21 training. He's essentially been suspended. Like, which, you know what? I agree. There has to be consequences. I, yeah, that's the thing. I think this has to be done. There has to be consequences 100%. I mean, you can't walk off the, off the pitch and think it's like, no, you know, no problem <laughs> yeah, no just because you're Cristiano either. Ronaldo. Exactly. But um, <laughs> the last two guys, in my opinion, that should ever be in a position like this would be Ronaldo and Messi. And Ronaldo yeah. sitting, sitting in this position. Um, do I think he can handle a lot of moments better 100% but I still think at the end of the day you know he's facing some really really intense adversity that he's never had to face in his career it's crazy to think which could be his like one of his last times like last seasons in what Premier is he now League. 37 I think he is yeah yeah 37 like what if his next move is major league soccer which again no disrespect to the MLS but what if he removes himself from that picture of Premier League top five European leagues Champions League picture altogether and is out this would be such a shame. I don't think he. I don't think he would. I think I hope he. Not. I don't think he would because I think he loves. He loves the game too much, and he loves his legacy too much. And I, don't and I think that's why he's so pissed off right now is because he's not being able to bolster his United yeah. legacy and his Premier League legacy. Like he wants to be a part of it. I, I'm assuming he wants to be a part of it, and that's why I, I think he'll try and find a Champions League club because he wants to finish careers that yeah. like top Champions League scorer. And right now he's like not playing in the Premier League. He's not well. He's doing actually pretty good in the Europa League. And meanwhile, Messi's in the Champions League, scoring yeah. goals, winning games, and Ronaldo seeing that and he's like, "What the hell?" I hundred yeah. percent. And what was what was he? Sorry, what was he in um, Ballon d'Or on like twenty second or yeah. something like yeah. that? Like. He's not going to like that. No. You know? and, and I know that he's 37 and everyone's like, oh, he's old. He's finished. But I mean, <laughs> I really think that he still can like compete. I don't think 37 is the end of the world. I mean, Tom, how old's Tom Brady? I know this is a completely 46. different. 46. Tom Brady's 46, man. The guy's still kicking. Um, I just, I don't think it's the end of the world. Just last year, he had a good season with United. He was scoring goals for United. He was helping United. I, what, what what drastically happened in a year? He's, yeah. He hasn't been injured. He still has the same, you know, staff that's helping him get fit, that's putting him in game shape, that's, you know, working on his skill set. I don't think so much has changed. I just think that the adversity he's facing this season, and unfortunately him and Ten Hag just clearly don't like each other. And his reactions, Ten Hag's reactions, it's making it, so dramatic for media, which is, you know, a dream for us, unfortunately for them and a complete nightmare. Uh, it's just all messy. And I really hope, I really hope Ronaldo stays in Europe. And I really hope that he kind of has this like one last comeback season. Yeah. Maybe we should do something on that one day. Just think, like, where could he go? Think about, yeah. And also think about like, we talk about legacy. Imagine this shitty season from hell for him. And then he comes back and he, a little redemption arc. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I would, then I would say, man, he couldn't have ended it any better. You just want to see these guys go out on a high. Always. Like you just, it's a, another football reference, I suppose, but like Peyton Manning. Yeah. 
he was absolutely horrendous in his last season of <laughs> NFL. And that's, he's not remembered like that, but at the moment you're like, ah, yeah. oh, this sucks to see. And now you don't want to see it with Ronaldo or Messi. Like even last season, like Messi obviously wasn't a Ballon d'Or winner. Why is he three years younger than Ronaldo? I think whatever, yeah. like these guys are coming to the end. You just want to see him go out on a high. 100%. And it's not even about Ronaldo scoring 30 goals a season. It's about him just being a key figure in the team. Now, if Ronaldo was coming off the bench every game and contributing, playing 30, 45 minutes a game, whatever it was, and like being a part of this team, I think this would be a completely different situation. But the reality is he's coming off the bench and playing like 10 minutes. That's what's tough. And you know what? Anyone who's played the game knows that in 10 minutes, you might not see the ball. Yeah. Like you might, you might have one touch on the ball. And unless you're Erling Holland, you know, who scores, yeah. who has one touch and one goal, <laughs> like, you know, it's different. It's, yeah. So I just, I don't know. I feel for him at the same time. I don't, by any means, I don't defend what he did. Um, but I also, I think if I were in his shoes, I'd be like, what the hell? Yeah. It's a weird one because like you said, like, I don't defend him at all. I, yeah. I think it's actually a, a really, really bad luck. Yeah, it's not great. But there's a lot of layers to this conversation that, yeah, I think maybe both parties are in the wrong, I suppose, like you mm -hmm. suggested as well. But I also think it's important for Ten Hag to come in and lay down his groundwork. And to Ten Hag's credit, it's kind of working. They're fifth in the Premier League. They're looking mm -hmm. like the first two games were horrendous. But besides that, they've only lost the City. And my Newcastle boys, they drew. So yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I agree. Ten Hag's doing, you know, he, he's finally, you know, the scary start that United have, we weren't blaming Ten Hag. And now mm -hmm. here he is beating, you know, some of the top teams in the premier league. I just wish he could find a way, you know, as a manager to, to win those games, but also, you know, keep the chaos at a low. That's what I love about Klopp. I, I, Klopp doesn't throw his players on the bus. I mean, now Ten Hag saying, oh, Ronaldo refused to come onto the pitch. I don't necessarily love that. Like you, in that moment, the managers that I love are always the bigger, they're the bigger person. Um, this, and I just feel like Ten Hag feels this defensive alpha nature. Like I need to protect myself. And this is why that happened. And Ronaldo's doing the exact same thing. And now you have an explosion. There's also the, um, the Bayern Munich manager, like, we all know I'm not very good with names, so I'm not going to try and attempt it. <laughs> but he, a lot of the players, I was looking at things. So Bayern Munich's been, they're obviously a good team, but they've kind of been weird in Bundesliga this year. Yeah, like, yeah. By weird, I mean they've lost a game. So, it's, <laughs> And apparently some of the players aren't necessarily happy at the way he talks about them in the media. And you wonder, like, how long do these guys survive for around here? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I wonder if Ten Hag's guards are up a little bit because he... he He's an established manager, but he's not a world-class exactly. manager, I yeah. guess. And now you were dealing with bigger personalities than you did at Ajax. And now it's about how you're going to handle these. And right now, this one doesn't seem good. I'm sure there's there's got to be something happening behind the scenes with conversations and stuff like that. But for now, we obviously won't see Ronaldo this weekend. I know. We'll probably see him in the Europa League. Actually, did you see the the goalie that United played against the other day? So I, 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 so the team name is Amanoia or something like that. They're from Cyprus. Okay. So their goalie, um, they United won 1-0 in a 93rd minute, Scott McTominay. The, the goalie for this team made 13 saves. He was unreal. Like the, the save they made, their goalie scored was like an outside the box, like really good goal. And in a post-game interview, he just had this massive smile on his face and he was just like, 
I'm just so happy to be playing at Old Trafford. It's like, this is just like a dream come true. And the fact that like, we were able to push this team literally until like the last second of the game. It's like, it's an honor to like basically be here and perform like this. And he was just like, it, to me, it was cool because he just showed like the love of the game, Mm -hmm. which I think sometimes, sometimes he's missed when you see these, you know, like the stuff like Ronaldo walking off the field, for example, it's like, you just, sometimes you just love to see that love. it's, It's, it's great to say. I wish I could pronounce the names, but I'm, I can't. We've, so. <laughs> we've said this with Mbappe too in the past. No one's bigger than the club. That's why yeah. I, I had a hard time with you know PSG giving Mbappe ownership. And I do think Ronaldo and Mbappe are in two completely different stratospheres. Mbappe has a lot to do to get on Ronaldo's level. But at the end of the day, no player is bigger than the team, bigger than the club. And that's just this unsaid, unwritten rule in football where that respect has to be there. I just feel like Ronaldo might be feeling disrespected. Ten Hag's feeling disrespected. I don't think that was Ronaldo, you know, taking all of his frustration out on United, even though it looks that way. And he should be, you know, aware enough to understand that that's optically how it's going to look. I Mm -hmm. think that that was a dig at Ten Hag. And I I just think that this is a Ten Hag-Ronaldo thing. Um, And unfortunately for Ronaldo, it's now become a United scenario and that's that is on Ronaldo because at the age of 37 with his maturity and again his experience he needs to understand that's not the way to handle this yeah he he needs to be a leader on this team another guy on the team who we spoke about sitting on the bench Casemiro quickly yeah yeah, he's unreal I know he's so good that's why he needs to play for United but sometimes I guess like you gotta you can't just throw a guy on the field probably you probably could with Casemiro because he's that good but maybe sometimes the reason Ten Hag kept him off is like, I just want him to make sure he knows yep. where guys are going to be, like chemistry, that kind of stuff. And then you see it. What's he been there now? Probably just a month-ish, maybe yeah. two months. And now it's like seeing him at his best. And now it's going to be a big part of this team. Wow. Champions League push. Yeah. League title push. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'll go that far. I've already I've already made my statement on Arsenal. So I think, uh, I think Liverpool, though, is going to start climbing the ranks here in a second. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah. yeah we, let's go right into Liverpool. I know that's down on our list, but big win against City. Uh, we said in our last show that that big game against Rangers, I believe it was 7-1, Mo Salah getting that hat trick, 15 minutes on the pitch, manages to score three goals. They were knocking against a City team, one of the not only the one of the best clubs in the Prem, like one of the best clubs in the world, and they did it at Anfield, and Virgil van Dijk played really well. What was the thing about Van Dijk? He's never lost yeah. a game for Liverpool at Anfield in his entire career. Yeah, which what is... What the hell? What kind of stat is that? That's actually incredible. <laughs> that is a nerdy stat. I think, it, I think it was in the high 60s or something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it's like, yeah, that's... Nuts. That's nuts. And like, yeah, like we spoke about after that Rangers game, it's like, if Liverpool can get a result against mm-hmm. City, like maybe this is kind of the... The ter- tables start yeah. turning a little bit, and like, what a goal by Salah! I know. Oh, like big time players show up at big time exactly. moments. Like it's it's unreal. So now they're in seventh in the league. They're still eleven points behind Arsenal in first, but they're there, and that's what matters. Like they're they're making progress. They have Leeds next. Uh, sorry, Forest next, then Leeds, Tottenham, Southampton, Aston Villa, Leicester, yeah, Brentford. Like yeah. it's it's a good run for them to like. Now we start getting some momentum. Obviously, Champions League games mixed in there, but whatever. But yeah, like... Momentum's here they, everything. Here they come. And like Salah, you know, we know that this guy, he, he has the Premier League record for most goals in a season. Like we know he can turn it on. And I think that that hat trick really got that monkey off his back. Yeah. And he was, he tried a few times before he ended up scoring that goal against City to try and get it in the net. And I'm like, man, this guy's going to score today. He's hungry. Momentum is honestly everything in sports. Right now, Liverpool have it. They have, I think next week they play Ajax, which will be a big game for them in the Champions League. But they're also, they also could now be a contender in the Champions League, which I had completely written them off. Liverpool fans, I'm sorry. It's just the truth. Um, But (laughs) now I'm like, maybe they're the team right now that I probably have the most faith in just because of the the talent that they have despite injuries and the manager that they have to turn it around and and maybe make a push, maybe not win, but push and, and finish in a position where we all probably didn't expect at the beginning of the season. Yeah. It's an interesting team. They play too. Like, Trent didn't play. Yeah. James Milner played right Everyone back. said Van Dyke was much better when Trent was out of the lineup. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. Like, it's, You know what? With the Trent thing, like, maybe it's just not working there. Maybe you got to play him somewhere else. But either way, like, Jota's a big loss for them. Oh, my God. I know I'm we have that in our thing, too. But, like, that sucks. That really sucks. He had just come back, too. Honest to God, I think he's one of the most talented players, but he has the worst luck with injuries. Yeah. He has been a bit snake burn. And, uh... Yeah, this Liverpool team, now maybe this is it. Obviously, you go through waves throughout the season. And City, interesting. Like, you want to be these big dogs and everything like that? And they are, don't get me wrong. They're probably the best team in the league. But also, you got to get up for these games too and go and win. And you got to go and beat these big teams. And they've kind of had a few results this season that 
you know, they're obviously losing to Liverpool, but then they had the the draw against Aston Villa. I'm trying to find the other one here too. The draw against Newcastle. Like, meanwhile, Arsenal are just winning every week, and they just the obviously Arsenal's going to lose some more games. Like they're not going to. Well, maybe they will go undefeated. Know. They, you know, they lost one, but yeah, I don't know. City feel maybe a little bit too relaxed for me. It almost feels like, oh, we'll just turn it on and we'll just go win a game. You Where know like what? Teams are now <laughs> kind of figuring it out. Not a lot, but like every now and then this stuff's happening. I, I could not agree with you more because I feel like the only team in the world who does that and can and can ride off of that type of like game plan is Real Madrid, but they've, yeah. they've earned that. They've done they've it. They've done it. It's yeah. like their, their concrete like game plan. Okay. We're going to start off, be patient, almost like we're not in it, but we're in it enough to like keep the, yep. the score. But then we're going to turn on, we're going to annihilate this team. And when we turn on, there's no chance. City has some of the best talent I've seen. It's probably my favorite city team to watch, but they, they don't have that type of experience as a club yet. Yep. Like this is like season one with this type of um, flow that they're having from top to bottom. So I don't know, like, you know that Pep left that game, especially against Klopp at Anfield frustrated. And, and hopefully they're kind of regrouping because they can't think that they've got it in the bag just yet, despite how good they are. The only team I think, and the crazy thing about Real Madrid, Liam, is I think that uh, they're like, they have the ability to be like that, but they don't play like that. Like they don't go into the game being like, we're going to sit. That's just how it happens yeah. for them. They, they know, like they're smarter. That's why I think Real Madrid all to like all encompassing is the best team in the world. It is like a, a natural progression for Real Madrid. Yep, almost. Exactly. Like, Perfect. City are just going to get on top of you early. And it feels like right now, if they're not kind of scoring yeah. like right away, then maybe that's kind of. Maybe it's not going to go their day, and they're just not a perfect team. And now they have who they got next year. Arsenal was postponed, so they have Brighton, Leicester, Fulham, Brentford, Leeds up until Christmas. So uh, I guess Leeds will be after the World Cup. So yeah, wow, there's only three, four Premier League games before the World Cup. That's Crazy. nuts. It's That's sneaking not. up. It's sneaking up. It's coming quickly. So they'll be fine. Like I'm not going to sit here and pretend the City aren't going to probably yeah. challenge for the league like they definitely will be yeah. there all season but you know they're not the best team in the league right now arsenal is they're in first for a reason they're winning games they're, they're, they're doing a lot of good things and i will stand by my point you think at the end of the season you think as you should yeah. and you should be super proud of that in your barcelona take um you think arteta dyes his hair or do you think that's like <laughs> you think that's his natural flow i don't know how old is he he's not that old i've um Oh, that's a good question. Every time I see him, I'm like, he has always, always looked like that. He's only 40. Mm, maybe. He, yeah. Maybe a little bit. Maybe just, a I tad. wonder because it's so jet black and I'm like, I wonder if, if <laughs> he dies it. I mean, no, no disrespect to him. If he does, I just always am curious when I see him. Yeah. I mean, it's something I haven't thought about. <laughs> Let us know in the comments if you think Arteta dyes his hair black. Um, okay, quickly, our last point right now in the Premier League. Steven Gerrard is sacked as Aston Villa's manager after losing to Fulham 3 nothing the other day. Man, um, I'm going to make my point short and sweet, Liam, because out of complete respect for Steven <laughs> Gerrard, someone who I... He, I wouldn't say I idolized him as a player, but I freaking loved him. Uh I don't, I do sometimes think managers need more time. I don't know um, 
if Steven Gerrard is the right fit for Aston Villa. So for that reason, I don't hate this decision. Um, but I don't like what I will say. I don't like how Aston Villa fans are like disrespecting Steven Gerrard. They're like, get the hell out of our club. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I mean, I think you also have to remember who who this guy is and what yeah. he's done, you know, for, for, for the, the game, for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that matters. I don't think he's the right person for Aston Villa's job. Maybe he needed more time, but I don't hate the decision to, to kind of make that change right now. Yeah. So I guess, um, somebody commented on one of our videos that I made about Gerard saying like, I don't think this is the time yet. And they said, apparently he talks a lot of smack about the team just Steven Gerrard? Yeah, like, I can't remember exactly what this Damn. person said, but they were like, just the way he like, he doesn't feel connected to the fans is kind of the point the person was making. So ever since that happened, I've kind of wondered how long it would be. I can't remember if it was on TikTok or YouTube. I can't remember which one it was, but either way, he's gone now. And do you remember a few shows ago, I said, as like, okay, you can't judge him on these next three games, which was West Ham, Arsenal, and Villa. Yeah, I remember that. I uh, Sorry, and City. <laughs> so they lost to West Ham, they lost to Arsenal, but put in a good performance, and they drew to City. So that was that. And then I said, okay, these next three games are kind of when you need to... It was four, but one of them got suspended, uh, the Leicester game for the Queen's stuff. So I said those next four games will be when you can judge Gerrard. So they got a win against Southampton... They drew against Leeds, who had 10 men, and they drew against Nottingham Forest, and then they just went on to lose against Chelsea and Fulham. I think this was fair. I think this was very justified. They had a softer schedule, and you know what? When you're getting results like that against City, yes, you got one good result after, but you've got to build momentum from that. Like, Leeds' red card came in the 48th minute. You had 19 shots on goal, and you just couldn't score once. Like, this is a very, very talented team. Very exactly talented. It. There's a lot yeah. of international players on this team. Like Ollie Watkins might go to the World Cup for England. Coutinho, like John McGinn's a good player too. Uh, Douglas Louise, Ramsey, Bailey. This the list is honestly endless. Like so many good players. And yet here they are. What are they? 16th in the Premier League or something like that? Let me pull it up here quickly. 17th in the Premier League with seven goals this season. That is they're the second lowest scoring team in the league. That is absolutely horrendous. And Gerard, you sometimes just got to take your blows, you know, and he did a great job with Rangers. There's no denying that. He helped rebuild that team and put them right up there as one of the, the well, they won the Scottish Premier League and now they're in Europe and they succeeded. And that was because of him. Like he mm-hmm. played a massive role in that. And I think that's what obviously a lot of people were expecting when he came to Villa. Didn't happen. Spent a ton of money. And now here they are, 17th with two wins and 11 games and seven goals for. It's not good enough with this team. When you're so close to being relegated or being in the relegation zone and you have, like you said, Liam, to your point, that much talent on your squad, you can't blame the decision by the club to do what they did. No, I I completely agree. And you look at the teams around them. Wolves just sacked their manager. They're probably going to gain some momentum here as well. Like, Everton was supposed to be in this area. Leeds was fighting against relegation last year. Leicester's not where they're supposed to be. And then you have Nottingham Forest, a newly promoted mm-hmm. team. Like Aston Villa shouldn't be in this group. They should be fighting for mid-table at yeah. the worst. And yeah. like this team is probably good enough on paper to be pushing for like a Europa League, Europa yep. Conference League spot. And yeah, they're just not succeeding. And I, 
I haven't really looked in who could be the next manager. There's talk about um, Mick Beal, uh, yeah, Mick Beal, who was the assistant manager of Villa last season. Okay. Who's now at QPR, who's doing really well in the championship. He was just linked with the Wolves job after they sacked Bruno Lage, and he said no. Okay. So I wonder if he would go to Villa and retake over that job. But I'm not sure if he wants to leave QPR, but I think that'd be a good name for them. And then I'm sure there's a bunch of other people out there, but they got to push up the table. What's Tuchel doing right now? Has anyone like offered him a job? No, that'd be something. That'd be something. That would be something. But again, <laughs> Chelsea couldn't score goals. I know. And this team can't score goals. Maybe that's not the perfect recipe, but like, I don't know if he would take a Villa job. That'd be interesting if he wants to just like get back in the Premier League. Like, there's your vacancy, right? That Villa is a big club in England. Like when I went, she went back, I drove past Villa Park. Oh yeah, looks pretty cool from the motorway. It was quite a distance, but I saw it. And yeah, the Villa's got to be better. They're yeah. a big club. Mm-hmm. I with some hardcore fans. Hardcore fans, yeah, clearly got to be better. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, quickly, we'll get into the Ballon d'Or because I feel like we're. Like I said, the week that I was gone and we couldn't fit in two episodes, like everything happens. But the Ballon d'Or, which to me, you know, we've been waiting for it to happen for so long. Like we have to talk about it on this episode. Benzema, our guy. Oh boy. Yeah. We said we wanted him to win. He finally won it. Uh, We've talked about it multiple multiple times on this show. He's had a clinical last season, obviously in La Liga and then in the Champions League. No one deserves it more than him. And... This is the craziest stat. He was, aside from, like, so Benzema and Modric are the only two players not named Messi or Ronaldo to win the Ballon d'Or since 08. Did you see, actually, um, I can't remember the exact year it was, but it was, like, Real Madrid signed Kaka, Ronaldo, and Benzema in the same year, and all three of them won Ballon d'Ors. And then they had also done it a few years before that when they had Figo... Ronaldo and Cannavaro, and they're the only team in the world to ever have three Ballon d'Or winners wow. on the team twice. Wow. Wait, no, wasn't this Benzema's first Ballon d'Or win? Uh, three players who had won the Ballon d'Or. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah get it. So get it. it was just like, like obviously when you can just buy the best players in the world, it I know, probably right? is going to happen. But Real Madrid it's, problems. It's, yeah, yeah, it's crazy that they had done it twice. But yeah, Benzema, I mean... If he didn't win, then are we ever going to respect this award? So they changed it all now, right? Like it used to be based off like a year thing. Now it's based off the season, which is how it should have always been. Like that just seems like the logical thing to do. So yeah, I mean, rightfully so. And it's funny sometimes when you see these players off the field, like you obviously know what they look like, but I just didn't expect him to wear glasses. Yeah, because I think he was paying like homage to Tupac. Oh, was he? Yeah. Okay. Like, there's this whole thing that he had, like, Tupac had this, like, hold on, I'll pull it up for you, Liam. Benzema, Tupac. Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know. Sometimes you forget these guys live real lives. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, he paid tribute to Tupac. Interesting. That's what everyone was saying. Um, but what I love about this is it, like, painted a... A cool, deeper f- picture um, in in the football community, you can say, I guess, uh, that Benzema's 34 years old. We're watching his best year of football in his oldest age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kind of gives that hope for players who maybe aren't where they want to be in their career. 
to like still keep doing what they're doing, you know, keep with the talent, keep with the grind. And then, you know, maybe even when you're in your later years, you can still achieve an award that typically is usually only won by Messi and Ronaldo. And I think that's a really, really cool picture. And we always say on this show, we wish that we had more years of Benzema under this level of Benzema. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we still continue to get them uh, before he retires and who knows when that will be. But I, I, I really like kind of this, this, I don't know, this new wave he's created and, and I, no one was more deserving than Benzema last season. Yeah, it's um, it's funny because, yeah, you always think of someone's prime of their career yeah. being probably like 26 yeah. to 31 yeah. somewhere in there, maybe even smaller for some guys. And now you're seeing these players who are, obviously some guys are still thriving in the mid-20s, but like you're seeing guys now like still being able to elevate their games at, at an older age, like... Ronaldo had 18 goals last season. Like Messi's 34 and had 14 assists yeah, in the know. league. Like now you have Benzema. I can't remember how many goals he had. It felt like every game you yep. watched him, he scored a goal. Yeah, and it was nuts. He was and Lewandowski too. Like holy moly, this it just shows the um, the level of technology in football now that these guys are able to yeah. just play at such an advanced age. And yeah, do you know what though? The Ballon d'Or, I. So I, it's always something that really sneaks up on me. Like, oh yeah, this is happening yeah. now. I know, right? <laughs> like, I know. So Sadio Mane second. I know. How do you feel about that I one? love Sadio Mane. Yeah. So I don't mind him being second. Uh, I think I think Sadio Mane is one of those players because he's not a Ronaldo or a Messi or even like in the limelight, like a Benzema or Salah. Like you, you often discredit the work that he does unintentionally. Yeah. I don't think it's intentionally done. It's just unintentionally because he's just that guy that makes it happen. He's not always in the limelight, in the spotlight. But for once, it's good to see a footballer who, who maybe isn't in that role being given the respect and recognition that he deserves. So I love that for Mane. Yeah, it, it, it is funny and... And you've mentioned it on the show too, like the lack of disrespect, I guess, in a way that like Liverpool fans have seemed to have just forgot that yeah. their best, the second best player yeah. in the world yeah. right now is just left their team and expected to just excel. And it, it is quite funny that he got voted ahead of Salah, yeah. who is also obviously a phenomenal football player, but it's, uh, yeah, like didn't expect to see Mane that high, I suppose. And yeah. maybe that's just my bad, but no, no, it's, it's, uh, it's yeah, it's just kind of like, oh yeah, like he is really, really good. And it's, it's good to see him get that respect. But I, I did expect like the top three to be like Benzema, De Bruyne and Lewandowski. But then like Mane snuck in pretty good um, Premier League representation. No, Mane two, De Bruyne three, uh, Salah five. Son, which is funny, 11. Son couldn't get into the Premier League team of the year by leading the league in goals with no penalties scored. And now he's in 11th in Ballon d'Or. Yes, okay, you know what? That is crazy. I think, you know, yeah, like we always talk about the Ballon d'Or, most prestigious award, but this stuff does not make sense to me. No. I, that's why I've said before, and I gave my take on Messi, until this day I get absolutely ripped online for it. It loses its prestige when shit like that happens because it mm. does not make sense. And for everyone who's like, oh, the Ballon d'Or is not just about goal scoring. Anyone who watches Sun Plane knows that he 
gives so much more than just his goal scoring abilities. Yep. And he just seems like the most wholesome human being. Yeah. Like I yeah, just want to be friends with him, <laughs> you know? So I don't know. And like we, we go into uh, the Copa trophy and the best uh, and, and the golden boy trophy. We know, I swear Barcelona runs the Ballon d'Or awards. Like Gavi <laughs> won both the Copa and the golden boy award. Uh, and I'm sure, yes, he's a great footballer. And he's going to be an unbelievable footballer in the years to come. But Jude Bellingham was not only robbed, but like honest to God, I think he was disrespected. So he should. Okay. So the Copa trophy, he finished fourth in those rankings. Yeah. Not even top three. And then obviously not winning, you know, the best player under the age of 21. He finished last season with Dortmund, six goals, 14 assists in 44 appearances. And then of course, at the age of 19, you can speak to this. Liam has established himself as one of the best players on Dortmund, but also on this English national team. He's going to probably play in the world. Cup. He should. He's yeah. so good. So I'm sitting back and I'm like, who the hell is making these decisions? Are we watching the same football matches? And this is where this whole award ceremony, sometimes I'm like, it's a bunch of politics and people aren't giving the awards to the players who deserve it most because for Jude Bellingham to walk away and not have the Copa trophy and the <coughs> golden boy trophy. Um, I don't like it and nothing against Gavi Barcelona fans don't come for me, but you guys low key secretly run the award ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's um, there's a lot of pressure on Bellingham. And I think when you compare that to the other guys, like you said, Gavi and Kamavinga, like they're, a little bit more sheltered at their teams, I mm. guess you could say. And like, obviously they're going to be unreal already are, but like the play runs through Bellingham. The yeah. Bellingham is almost the heartbeat of that Dortmund team. And he, he is more now than he was last season, I suppose, because uh -huh. obviously they had Haaland, but still like Bellingham played 32 Bundesliga games last season and started every single one. Yeah. Kamavinga played 26 La Liga games, started in 13, finished second. And then Gavi, yeah, played 28. But it's like... Yeah, I just sometimes there's either awards, like you said, it's like, ah, you gotta be real. Like, you gotta actually look at this and be like, yeah, this probably is wrong. You know what? Give Gavi one and give Bellingham the other. You yeah, know what? If you honestly sure. want to go there, give Gavi the Copa and give Bellingham the Golden Boy. Why does Gavi get both? Yeah. I also thought Saka could have been a little yeah, high on the list. Honestly, too. I agree. What was the Arsenal's player of the year and England's player of the year? Which is kind of funny, too. Like, he was England's player of the year and. Bellingham finished fourth in this thing as well. And it's just like, ah, Dude, sometimes you watch these things. How does this even work out? He didn't even make the top three. I mean, it's just, yeah, it doesn't sit well with me. And even now this season, four goals in four Champions League games. Yeah. This guy's doing it with his national team. He's doing it in Champions League soccer or football. He's doing it in, you know, his club, in his club games. Like this guy's just at, at the age of 19. Yeah. That's what's, I think that's what's the most impressive to me is that he's able to, to establish himself and, and get the ball rolling at 19, which is not an easy thing to do. But did you ever hear the story of how he ended up at Dortmund? No. So he was at Birmingham City, he was in the championship, or still is, and they were going through some tough, tough times financially. So he never wanted to leave, but Dortmund came in and were like, we'll pay you this much. And it basically saved the club. Wow. Like his transfer money saved the club. And there's a, there's, he was like crying in the field in the middle of the pitch and stuff because he didn't want to go and he was only 17 and they retired his number. So there's only like, there's very few players that have the numbers retired, like Bobby Moore, uh, Maldini, 
there's like basically named like an absolute legend for a club. Like I think Totti might be one as well yep. for Roma. And then there's Jude Bellingham and everyone was like, oh, like how could this be? Like he's only 17. He only played like 50 games, maybe not even that. And then the story came out. I was like, yeah, his transfer fee, like save this team from going into administration and going out of existence essentially. Dude, you need to clip that because I didn't know that. Yeah, it's and pretty cool. He's like, that's to, to have, um, like he's a young guy to have the emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and like the heart to, to, to do that yeah, so is he, what will set him apart. So his brother plays there now and he always taught Joe, Joe Bellingham. His name is, I don't think it's quite as good, but maybe we can hope, uh, 41 games for Birmingham, four games played, I uh, sorry, four goals. And yeah, now just an, Damn. a legend at the team. And yeah, I mean, he's going to be a legend of the game. He's unreal. So oh. yeah. Long I hope live so. Jude Bellingham. You guys have England has such talented players going to yeah. the World Cup. Hopefully Jude does go to the World <laughs> Cup. But you guys, your your pool, if you don't do well, it will be to me maybe one of the most disappointing runs <laughs> because the, the 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 talent in your guys' pool is not normal. Yeah, yeah, it's um it's a good group. We're gonna be without Reese James, which is a massive blow. That's gonna suck. And you know the other thing is too like we're known to have all these right backs mm-hmm. so we're right now kyle walker and trent are both hurt as yep. well they should yep. be fit but they're not playing and that's not good like kieran trippier i think is going to play a massive role in this england team mostly because we might not have another choice like he might be it so hopefully yeah trent and kyle walker come back and play a f- couple of games before i don't know what the timeline is apparently they're going to be fine yeah. so but the reese james one is a massive blow and quickly on that just guys because we, we have to get into our power rankings but the players that are that are coming to light that are injured and might or will miss or might miss the world cup it's so sad mm-hmm. like we know jota conte and reese james are out and dabala pogba royce are all expected to miss the world cup we even saw alfonso davies have that Oh, um, skull but he played. He ended up playing. He's yeah. back. But just like seeing all of these injuries happen right before the biggest tournament of their lives, be- because they're playing club football. Some of them are playing Champions League football and international duties. I mean, their bodies, like I can't imagine what their bodies are going through. And yeah. like Reese James, when, when I saw that, and even Conte, my heart broke. Yeah, I swear the Conte one. It's crushing. Crushing. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's just horrible. Yeah. It's yeah. horrible. It's so. a tough one, but... Hopefully, this just gives someone else a chance to thrive and yeah. take the next role and be in the next star in this, yeah, this is world true. of football. Um, quickly, before we go into our power rankings, do you believe in the Drake curse? And is that yes, why Barcelona lost to Real Madrid? Yes, the Drake <laughs> curse is alive and well. I thought I as it. soon as it happened, I was like, oh man, this couldn't be worse. This could not be worse. So the Drake is... It's, it's funny. It's, it's unbelievable, to be honest, oh is what it is. So it, you I know, I'll wear them again. Drake, if you're watching this, I'm sorry. Um, love your love your music, but the Drake curse is real. And I swear, as soon as he posted that Instagram and I see the OVO owl on Barca's jersey, I said it's a 100% loss. Yeah. And he put some heavy money he did. On, on the game. And I'm like, Drake, do you know of the Drake curse? Yeah. Uh, which was crazy, but... That's the only that's the only reasoning I could find as to why Barcelona clearly left Benzema and Valverde unmarked at the top of the box because yeah. how they left Benzema unmarked and then like hey we didn't learn our lesson now there's Valverde who's one of the best players on the team yeah. uh, and can absolutely snipe the ball from anywhere we're going to leave him unmarked as well like there's no other reasoning behind that aside from the Drake curse That's it 
It's the Drake curse. And so. I'll end that conversation. Yeah. Sorry, Drake. Sorry, Exa- Barcelona. That's the way it is. Okay. Until next week. Power rankings presented by Uber One. We got France and Croatia uh, up on our our list our today. List. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> France. Okay, France. What do I have? France. I put France at third because they have like. I mean, let's pull up their roster. Everyone, <laughs> they have everything they want, um, which my God. I think could be a curse for them. I agree. Yeah, I agree. So Benzema, Mbappe, Griezmann, Pogba, Giroud, uh, Conte. Well, ch- sad. Never mind. Um, too many. You know, Camavinga. The, the 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 list goes on. I do believe in this whole theory that sometimes when you have too many superstars on one team, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to sleep on France. The one thing I get a little worried about is egos. And I'm talking about one player in particular. I hope Mbappe, you know, kind of just calms down and realizes, you know, he could potentially win back-to-back World Cups and this is a whole team thing. Uh, but I, I think that they could still do well. I know that they haven't had the best run in the, what, that Nations, Nations in the Nations League. league. They great. Um, but the World Cup's a completely different ballgame, so I don't want to, you know, put disrespect on that team. I still think that they're extremely talented. I would not be surprised if they won. I would not be surprised if they didn't win. Yeah, I think with the Nations League thing too, the more I've thought about it, I don't think this is the case for England, but for other teams, I think a lot of, and France is one of these teams, I think they experimented a little bit more. I don't think they put too much stock into how they were doing with the World Cup coming up. And with France, there's so many good players that mm-hmm. I think they were just mixing and matching a lot and trying to figure yeah. out what is going to work for them. And I think when the World Cup comes around, I think they'll be one of the best teams there. Yeah. I have them at number three. Oh, nice. I think they're the best European team going. Um, I think the fact they won the World Cup with a lot of the similar players is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, they didn't do as well as they wanted to at the Euros, but that's a different beast, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Conte is going to be a big miss. Um, Pogba should be fit and ready to go. But if he's not, then you're missing your two starting center midfielders from the last time you won the World Cup, who are both world-class players yep. still. Kamavinga and Chiumeni, I think, if that's your one-two punch in the midfield, will be fine gradually. But to start the tournament, I think it could be a struggle. Just, you know what, like... These two guys, I said it the other week when they played Denmark, they're, so, they're two great players and oh, they're yeah. going to be amazing. But when you go up against more experienced midfields, especially when you play these European teams, like they, these guys don't care if how good you're going to be. They're going to do whatever they can to beat you right now. There's going to be no respect. So uh-huh. I think France will be fine. I have them at number three right now. The Conte thing does knock them down a few yeah. pegs for me, but I still think overall they're better than Spain, England, Belgium, Germany, whoever else you want to throw in there. I would love to see Benzema win the golden boot at this World Cup. Like yeah. imagine he wins the Ballon d'Or and the golden boot in the same year. Be special. It would be special. And the Champions League. And the Champions and League. The La and La Liga. Yeah. You know, like I, I think that, um, maybe that'll be my, my take right now. I think Benzema, if France win the World Cup, I have Benzema having, Benzema having the golden boot and having like the most unbelievable year of his career, um, which I think is doable. So we'll see how France does. And up next, Croatia. I have them at 12th. Yeah. And I have them at 12th because I think they're a very talented squad led by Modric. Uh, I just also think that they are a team that is beatable if the, their opposition knows how to play them. I think that when we think about Canada, um, this could be the turning point for Canada when it's Canada, Croatia. If they're able to find the right way to play against this Croatian team, I think they can come out with a tie or a result that they're happy with. Uh, uh, with saying that, I put a lot of respect on them too. Um, 
they are very, very talented, but beatable in my opinion. I, that's a, I like that opinion. <laughs> I think they are a very, very good team and they deserve to be respected. I have them at 10. Nice. Which is one above Portugal, which we spoke about last week. Okay. I do think the Modric factor is a big thing. It's an experienced team that went to a World Cup final yep. only, what was it? Well, the last one, four years ago. I don't think they're as talented as they have been in the past, but they still have a lot of good players. And yeah, like there's not a lot. They're going to be hard team to beat. Mm -hmm. One thing I think Canada would have over them is pace going forward. I agree. And I think it's they're kind of similar to Canada in a way that like their strengths are obvious and their weaknesses are obvious. Mm -hmm. And I think the weaknesses are not going to be as good defensively as they have been in the past. And maybe that's teams, how teams like... Canada can expose them. Belgium, obviously, with De Bruyne, Lukaku, Hazard, and even, like, Morocco, to their credit. Like, Hakim Ziyech is a great player for Chelsea mm -hmm. as well. And, like, maybe they... Maybe they're the, Europe, the top European team that doesn't do as well as they should. They're probably... Them and Portugal, for me, are the two teams that I could see slipping up the most. I would love to see Canada come out against Croatia and just press. Yeah. Like, you know how sometimes you're like, okay, we have to respect the opposition. You see a lot of these managers and teams like park the bus and play the counter, which I understand. Sometimes that, that's something you have to do. Yeah. And that's the game plan and you stick to it. It's not the best football to watch, but sometimes it's, it's the best strategy. I'd love to see Canada come out against this Croatia team and take it to them. Like have them on their fucking, sorry, have them uh -oh. on their <laughs> I'm so into it. Have them on their heels the entire game and just see what Alfonso Davies can do with his yeah, pace. Yeah. Jonathan David, Kyle Laren, you know, and, and put a couple goals in the back of the net. Yeah, and that's what's going to, it's going to what, going to be what helps Canada succeed. So in, in Croatia's recent games, they beat Austria, they beat Denmark, they beat France. Great teams too. They The last yeah. game they lost was against Austria, but besides that, they've been on a bit of a roll here, like kind of taking it to teams. And that's what worries me is like, are we underestimating them a little bit? I don't think necessarily underestimating is the right word, but there is a lot of talk out there about like, oh, like if Canada is going to beat one of these teams, it will be Croatia. And I just hope as... Like I've, I said it, but like, I just hope the players aren't thinking like that. Like, obviously you want to win every game, but like, don't underestimate what Luka Modric can do to you. Oh, 100. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Cause I just checked Modric's age, 37, same, yeah. same age as Cristiano Ronaldo. And when and did the guy, he win his Ballon d'Or? Like four years? Yeah. yeah after the World Cup. Yep. So he was 33. Yeah. And you know what? Crazy. Like he's, he hasn't skipped to beat that guy. No. That, that, that's what scares, uh, Belgium and Croatia have to me, the two best midfielders in the world and two guys that have to absolutely need to, like they need yeah. to be shut down. If Canada finds a way to do that, I agree with you, don't underestimate, but also find a way to feel that confidence, like we can do this, that mm -hmm. nice balance between let's respect our opponent and let's bring it to them. I think that they can, Croatia's a game where they can have a result. I think so too. Yeah. Hopefully it can. Shall yeah. we quickly dive into a couple of betting picks 100%, that I have? 100%, do, you, do your thing, Liam. So this is something we're gonna try and incorporate a little bit and probably more the later episodes in a week, yeah. I think probably works well. So I'm just going to take us to Syria. We Perfect. like Syria on this Yay. podcast. There's actually been quite a lot of surprising teams in Syria this year. Like, and I'm going to talk about both of them. I don't think anyone <laughs> expected Atalanta to do what they did this season. Like they, a lot of people were talking about yep. how they were the team that kind of fell off out of the top European teams. And now here they are undefeated in 10 games, seven wins, three draws, second in the Syria. And somehow, they're plus money to win this weekend oh, against damn. Lazio. Now, Lazio, obviously a very good team in themselves. Only three points behind um, 
Atalanta, but Atalanta's a home team and they're even money right now on Betway. So I'm going to take them. And I'm also going to take Udinese, who is another team who has kind of come out of nowhere and been great. Like last season, they were one of the weaker teams in the division. And now here they are coming up against Torino this weekend. I'm taking them too, plus 105 on the money line. Those games are both on Sunday. If you want to get up, one of them's at half past four in the morning. So good luck with that one. Let me know how it goes. I'll be up later on just to check it on my phone. But Serie A, really fun league. And I'm going to I'm gonna make it funner for myself this weekend. I just pulled up Udinese and they lost to Monza 3-2. So now I want to see where Monza is on the table. That was in the cup though. Okay. It was in the cup. But okay. yeah, Monza. Since Monza, they beat... Uh, since they beat... Juventus, they won three in a row. I mean, you got it. It's the Juve effect. It's not working (laughs) in favor of their club, but for everyone else. Who do they play this weekend, actually? Juventus play Empoli. Empoli plus 700 on the money line. If you're feeling cheeky and you want to hit a team on the low. (laughs) I honestly, right? I'm going to love Juventus Benfica. Yes, uh, that'd be a, be a big good one. Game. We a should game. see the best out of Juventus. We have to. If they, you have don't, no yeah. they have no choice. They have no choice. And don't. and the best from Estacchio, our yes. boy. All right, guys, this has been Kicked Back. Enjoy your weekend. And we'll be back next week with our normal schedule of episodes. Right, Liam? Yeah. I think so. Is yeah, it Champions yeah. League next week? I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see check, when we we'll see check out. <laughs> we'll check it out, guys. And thanks for watching. This has been Kicked Back presented by Uber One. That's a wrap for another episode of Kickback, and thanks so much for listening. You can catch Caroline and Liam here every single week on Tuesdays and Thursdays to give you the latest rundown on all things football. Please don't forget to subscribe and give us a nice five-star rating. Please and thank you. And for even more Kickback content, follow the 90th Minute on all your favorite social channels. See you next time.